hey Vega, nice to see you. Nice to have you here. What's going on, man? Yeah, I just want to start off with uh, expressing gratitude because you you're way ahead. You've you're you're well into building your own brand, and you've done such a lot of cool stuff. And and you didn't even question it when I when I asked for you to come on when when I at the moment have like 250 uh, followers or, or something. And so yeah, I, I think it. I want to start with this because I think it says a lot about you uh, for for people to carve out the time to do stuff with other people when they don't need to. That's a really cool sign. So thanks, man. To be honest, like followers don't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you never know, you know, who who is who or who knows who or, if, you know, just people are just good people in general. Um, my biggest thing that I tell people is that, like, uh, I think people will get more in life if they just continuously um, really treat people the way they like to be treated. Mm -hmm. And I don't like it when people think they're like too good or, you know, they can't make time because uh, they don't know who I am or whatever else. So I'll never, I'll never try to make anybody feel like that either. It's so cool. And it it is cool. And I've, I I think I've seen you mention things along those lines, which probably uh, led me to be comfortable asking you, but it's one thing to say it and a whole other thing to do it because you've obviously got a lot going on. And so like you actually put your money where your mouth is. And that's that's really awesome to see. Word is important because if, yeah. if people can't trust what you say, then like. Like literally all of my, uh, you know, money that pays my bills is generated by what I say, <laughs> because, like, you know, like music, music is just your word, you know, music is. Mm music and, and partnerships and things like that, you know, making commercials is literally just your word and your presence. And if you don't have that, or if I don't have that, then I have really nothing. So, And I guess I'm in the same boat right now as well. Um, man, can you tell me about how did you get here? Cause your, your whole persona is made off of such a, of a bunch of cool stuff. There's anime sprinkled here and there. There's gaming and then there's uh, obviously the rapping and then there's Web3. And one of the things that I really find really cool about you is that, like, for example, I don't know how much that is true because I don't know his whole story. But when I when I look at Spotty, for example, I, I see someone who... I don't know what he was like before uh, Web3, but he seems to have just like absolutely uh, blown up and and where uh, it has been a huge a huge like step forward for him and and for you it seems to have been a whole other thing it, it I feel like you were the artist and then everything kind of came together with Web three as well and and I would love to hear a little bit of your backstory of how you got here yeah I, I think Web three is one of those things that some people like myself uh, we've been waiting for forever because it's just like you know an accumulation of all our interests um growing up uh you know some people have parents that like i don't want to say like force but like you know strictly encourage them to do things like there are some parents that are like hey like you're gonna be a professional athlete you're gonna be a basketball player you're gonna be a football player my parents whether it was just because we didn't have the luxury for it or not they kind of just was like hey man you know, try out a bunch of things, do, do all kinds of stuff, whatever you feel like, man. <laughs> oh, I mean, so I, cool. you know, they, they did want me to be in the medical field. So I'll say that, but like for the most part, just like interests and hobbies, I was always free to explore things. And so 
um, just always being a creative got into things that like touched on creativity, like, you know, gaming, like anime, like, uh, you know, music, all those things, you know, come from, from some source of, of creativity. So I've been through, uh, several, uh, skills and talents and hobbies and things and whatever I can tie together, you know, I do. Mm. Um, but I just kind of, you know, landed on music and um it's something that i love to do so you know that's that's why i'm doing it and then the rest of the stuff just fits in because it aligns with that sort of creativity i can tell i was actually vibing to your music just before i thought there was there there couldn't be any better way for me to like get uh prepared and get hyped and i really (laughs) like i really like what you're doing yeah thanks so there's there's for me when I was when I was thinking about this conversation a few days ago, uh, there, there's two words that came that came to mind. It was fearless and trailblazer. They can, just came up naturally, and and there's actually quite a lot to unpack because I've been I've been thinking about it. And there are two things that I see that I that you're doing that are super interesting. Uh, one of them is, I think that a lot of what you're doing is going to shape the future of the music industry. And another one is that you are like as close to the perfect example of what it is to leverage IP that has been given to people uh, by a brand through NFTs. Let's start with the first one. I, I, I'm willing, to, I, I could take the bet with whoever wants to, with whoever feels like it, that what you're doing right now will end up being copied down the line by a bunch of people. I mean, absolutely. On. Yeah, I just had a dinner about that last night with one of the clones who's like a, you know, VC type of investor, this type of virtual idol uh, is what Asia is calling it is like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty popular in Asia right now. Uh, As far as like rap music and being in, in other um, countries or markets it's we don't really see it yet for, you know, people in the U S usually it takes somebody making like a ton of money off something for everybody else to be like, Oh, I can do that too. I want to do that too. So when we start to see like successful cases of it, like absolutely, we'll see a ton of ton of people doing it. But until then, it's just going to be like skeptics, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. How do you see how do you see the next little while playing out for you in that regard? Do you what's your mindset at right now? Because there's so much uncertainty. Like even the whole IP thing with uh with with Clonex, for example, with Artifact. Like there's there's quite a bit to be, you know, a little bit uncertain about. Um so how how do you how do you personally feel about that? I think that everything that I've been doing, uh, just the consistency, it will pay off. You know, as far as like the IP stuff with Clonex, like I talk to people on the team pretty frequently to make sure like I can do what I want to do uh, because that's what I signed up for at the end of the day. A lot of people signed up for the IP rights and the 3D models and doing things like that. So in terms of, you know, using it the way that I want to, I feel like I'm not necessarily violating any terms. Um, as of yet, I don't know if there will be revisions to their, their guidelines or licensing or anything else, but the way that I have set up the character of the digital identity, you know, as junior, junior, the way that I've set it up, it's, you know, someone used the term last night, brand agnostic. So where like, it doesn't matter how the brand does, or if it's one brand or another, like the character of junior is, you know, firstly that he's a clone. And secondly, that he's a robot and 
um, that could be replicated, that could be cloned, that can look different, it could be upgraded upon. Um, just last night, I posted uh, a variant of Junior from the Valhalla, the Valhalla brand. Yeah, Man, I love it. I'm fucking jealous of Valhalla. It, it, looks, <laughs> it looks incredible. Yeah, so you know that's the, that's the beauty of it is that I didn't you know put myself in a box. I didn't you know mm. lock myself into something that I would be dependent on. Um, the character is the brand, and it's my own thing. You know. I, I use a Clonex because I like Clonex and I, I like uh, where it started and I like the people in it. And what I do um, with any success will push everybody else forward. And as many friends as I've made, I'd love to see everybody else, you know, gain or profit in some capacity from things that I'm able to do. But um, if things, you know, were to ever just change up or not go so well with Clonex, like I'm not, I'm not married to it. And the, the design of the character is built to be able to transition whenever I need to. There's, there's also the aspect of Clonex has that virtuous effect that's embedded into it. What you've been doing with, uh, what's his name? Jordan? Yeah. Dom. Dom Jordan. Yeah. What you've been doing with him of like using his skills, uh, mashing it with your storytelling and then including other people from the Clonex universe. This is what it's all about. And, and that's why we, that's, that it's also part of the reason why I chose uh, Clonex. I love the vibe. I love them. And I love the people that are into it. And you have a very strong brand and you have a bunch of people who, who have their incentives aligned in, you want to push yourself and you can do that by also pushing others up. And yeah, there's, I think we haven't seen anything when it comes to the, the, the power of the network effect that um, these brands will have in the future. Yeah. I mean, that's something about me too, is I've, I've always been, you know, very much a person of uh, loyalty and respect for, you know, people that have uh, reciprocated that to me. Um, anybody that is helping me build things out or, um, you know, like people like Dom, mm-hmm. uh, I will make sure when the time comes that they're rewarded for it in, in any capacity that I can. Um, whether that's, you know, like them being involved in, in profits and design on like major partnerships having to do with, let's say like yellow jacket gang, for example. Um, that's something that I, that I really look forward to. So, uh, with, with this network of, of people doing these things, you know, all the creators, it makes a lot more sense for them to align, um, with each other, uh, given a clear and uh, distinct, like creative direction so that we can build something from the ground up. Otherwise, we are just kind of being used as like, you know, free marketing with no aim other than to keep creating for this like, you know, big brand that doesn't even really need us in the first place. You know, there's no real incentive to keep creating for for Artifact if, you know, they're not saying that they'll eventually like buy a brand or like um, hand opportunities to a brand or like, you know, pay anybody. But um, the things that we're doing together, you know, as creatives are really like uh, from the bottom up. So Mm. um, if it does become, you know, profitable, it will uh, actually benefit everybody instead of something already being, you know, profitable from the top and then like 
hoping for a crumb of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's super interesting because it it reminds me of something that I'd forgotten. Where it, it's it it kind of is in their promise of uh, being this creator brand, and I've seen it as a promise, but. I haven't been a holder for long enough, so I, I, I maybe I've missed a few things. But do, do you think it's really embedded into their into the core identity of Artifact yet? How much they should basically be the shepherd uh, that brings us all together into that one direction? I think that uh, NFT brands are kind of like a new era of of doing things and. There's like a, a very like you know fine line um, because at the end of the day, realistically, they don't owe us anything. Yeah, you know, they can absolutely. say they don't they don't owe us anything. Um, you know, they have Nike backing, and if if certain creators were to leave or so, some other people were to leave, I'm sure they would be replaced by somebody else. Uh, but at the same time, you know, without us, then they're working harder. You know, it would be it would be harder to meet deadlines or sales goals. I'm sure they have sales goals because of Nike and stuff like that. Uh, it's interesting because before you would have brands or big corporations, and it would just be like, you know, marketing. Let's generate some sales. And now it's like, hey, we you know have gained from them, and they can also gain from us. And if it isn't handled like cordially then it would it would go you know badly for either party so yeah I, they don't really owe us anything but they would stand to benefit more from um working with the people that are you know helping to make them what they are i think i think it's it's what will differentiate good web3 brands from incredible and and legacy web3 brands it's those that will really break the barrier between the um, between community and, and team and, and and make it a very a completely virtuous cycle. When you think about when you have right now almost ten thousand holders for artifact, if you empower them in a meaningful way to create content, if you use the resources that you have access to 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 help them in that way, like it's infinite power to you. It's I would say the difficulty is like unifying those people, you know, everybody's in it for different reasons. Everybody has different, you know, worldviews, political views, different kinds of views on things. Um, even, you know, something similar to like what I'm doing, it just seems like it would be so easy for 10,000 people to push like an album or a song mm -hmm. or a music video. Like when I put it out there, right? Like 10,000 people, even half of that, even maybe like a quarter of that could put something on like a billboard chart. But, you know, here I am X amount of songs later and we're still not on those type of charts. And that's just because yeah, a lot of people, uh, they don't see the vision of like synergy. They don't see the vision of like, you know, what it, what it would do to the value of what they have themselves if they increase the value of people in the ecosystem. Um, so working, I mean, having that many holders is like dope, but like unifying them is completely yeah. different different ball game yeah and, and it's what what you were saying before is is very true where they have they're between the hammer and the anvil because they have the community who they don't technically owe anything to but who feels entitled and and even if they would get replaced like they have been in the past few weeks 
um, you still want to honor your 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 core holder base, which I do genuinely think uh, Artifact wants to do. And then you have the hammer, which is Nike, which indeed is a big corporation. Uh, they they didn't buy Artifact out of the love in their heart, uh, or not <laughs> just the love in, in their heart anyway. And and so yeah, there, there there are goals that needs to be that need to be achieved. But what you're saying is super is really is really interesting because like there's it should be a role on the artifact team it should even be a whole department of how do we how do we push our community up and and out into the world well i think that's the difference right is like uh some some brands now um you know that didn't necessarily take like vc backing or anything like that they look at it as okay uh, each one of these, you know, creators, each one of these avatars, characters, they are embedded with our IP. And the more places we, we get them, the more visible we are, the more people mm-hmm. we know, you know, it'll generate that way. And, you know, that's what would make sense. You know, like you see people that are doing things in a brand for your brand, you know, with your brand's logos and symbolism and everything mm-hmm. like that. And you would say, oh, you know, uh, I have this connection. Let me put this in here. So that way, like, the collaboration of these things would get way more like millions of eyes on, you know, this, this uh, logo right here. But since it's, you know, the opposite and they do have the the global audience already from Nike, it isn't really about uh, getting eyes on it because the eyes are already there. It's just about, um, mm-hmm. you know, the narrative of, uh, you know, ch- changing the way that consumerism is viewed. Otherwise, you know, they wouldn't say like, hey, if you want to commercialize your stuff, just debrand it. Just take the logos off. Take that off. Like you you should want your logo to everywhere. be everywhere. Like if I'm in a video game, you should want it to be in a video game. You should want it to be in music. You should want it to be in videos. You should want it to be in commercials. But instead, uh, it's working the opposite. And that's odd because when you think about it, like brands pay Netflix shows to have their products within it with a logo visible. I, I wonder where the, I, mean, I have a law background, so I know that law and and like legal um, stuff is usually <laughs> like, can be a little bit backwards, but I, I wonder mm-hmm. how it got to that. Cause I, if I were artifact, I would want you to rock like the logo huge on the, on the, um, yeah. on your clothes right now. You know, um, that's interesting. It's just, uh, it's yeah. just the way the corporate, uh, you know, the corporation goes. I think, you know, the founders, and again, like I have no, uh, no malice or anything towards mm-hmm. the brand. I love the brand itself. You know, yeah, some of the founders too. I really get along with, but uh, I think that Nike has a greater involvement than they uh, would like to be able to tell us. And I think mm-hmm. there are a lot of NDAs that prevent them from really talking about it or saying anything. Um. And if, if Nike is seen as, uh, like lenient towards one brand or a particular person or another, then it, uh, messes with the rest of their, mm-hmm. um, legal battles. You know, you see them right now, they're suing Lululemon right now. They just sued, you know, Beta and Ape last week. They're, you know, they sued StockX. They're, they're literally like suing everybody over, IP rights and if they're lenient in one area then that could be used as like counter argument and I think that's the issue that makes a lot of sense 
That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's it's not it's not easy being being in the position that they're in. Like no one on that um, across that chain of uh, of value. But honestly, I it's not even hope. I I'm I'm very confident in the future of Artifact and Clonex and and Nike. It, it's I, I think they they have such a huge vision that like the the bigger the vision the 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 easier it is to have a few missteps along the way and, and a few learning experiences. And when you're innovating at the speed that Artifact is doing it in and at the, at the scale that they're doing it in, mm-hmm. you're bound to fuck up. It's, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. I mean, um, yeah, I, I'm still confident in the things that they do because the future is coming and you know you can either be early to it or you can be too late for any real benefit but all it's going to take is you know a company like apple uh making you know ar and vr a household item that's mm-hmm. affordable and everybody has like you know the, if you look at the sales for for vr every year they've increased year over year mm-hmm. um once people get more into ar with fashion design and stuff like that like apple um announced something about a mixed reality headset where it's similar to like VR, but you can actually see through it. And then the, you know, the, the glass itself will display augmented reality things. Um, then you're getting into people wearing them outside their house. Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting people uh, using them in public. Kids will be taking them to schools. They'll be, um, they'll be reduced to, you know, glasses, which are lightweight and easy to wear. And then you have people, uh, really utilizing like AR wearables in real life, you know, outside of their computer screen. And that's where it will, you know, get big, but I'm sure we're still probably like five to seven years out from that. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's easy when, when you're in our position where we're down in the trenches, uh, trying to build things like you don't know much about me, but I I've actually launched a myself, a web three project under another identity, but I'm just waiting for a few more weeks to, to tie the two together but like mm-hmm. when when you're down in the trenches you and things are moving really fast in crypto partly or or mostly because of the speculation uh, speculative uh, nature of it you you tend to forget that things ha- tend to happen a little bit slower once you get out <laughs> of the like early adopters <laughs> bubble that we're in yeah there's definitely a lot of pressure on the speed of things in the space for sure yeah, there is. There always has been, but I mean, it. There, we we we've still hit a very interesting point, um, because, man, the the market was really shaken up last year, and and we're still here, and we're still standing at uh, valuations that are that are really good. Which it's not the end all be all of of this whole thing, but it's still a very good indication that there are people who have liquidity who haven't pulled it out and who have been here to. Um, to support these levels. So there is a future for it. And you have uh, use cases that keep uh, bobbling up. Um, yeah, everywhere. Can you, like, can you, how much are you willing to explain behind what the rationale is behind your use of NFTs with your community, with your listeners? what's What role do they play? How do you see your own personal NFT ecosystem growing around you in, in the next few years? 
I have um, made it a point to be, you know, as transparent as possible about that because, again, you know, like that's something that we haven't seen in some places. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the lack of transparency is very frustrating for a lot of people. Um, speculation is what makes people angry when it doesn't turn out to be what they thought it would be. And if you just let people know what what the deal is ahead of time, like they're either going to make the choice to buy it or they're not. And if they do, you know, who could be mad about something that you told them exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a few of the things that I've released already were strictly just for uh, support so I could put money into building things. And I let that mm-hmm. be known. You know, I'd say like, hey, there's no real utility behind this NFT. This is just to support the journey. You know, if that's something that you would like to do. And so, you know, people did. That was one of the more you know popular things yeah. that people bought of mine. Um, but aside from that, uh, if I'm not saying this is for support, I don't want to sell anything at all unless it has both an immediate utility and like a future utility on top of that. Because future utility is all speculation. Anything can happen. You know, shit could go south. And then in the future, you're dealing with issues. But if you give somebody a current, uh, a current usage immediately, then... Um, it's their choice to make mm-hmm. again. So uh, it's about giving people accurate, transparent information so that they can make the best choices for themselves. But the, my best example of that so far was when I released uh, the features, the, the 10 um, NFTs. So you could mm-hmm. either uh, buy a song feature from me and you could burn the NFT immediately and we'll make a song together. Or you can keep it for the future, uh, you know, see how the artistry progresses and it may be more valuable and you can either use it then or you can sell it to somebody else, which has never been done with features before because you could never buy a, re- uh, a song feature with resale value in the past. I think I was probably the first person to ever do that. Yeah, you would have been. I actually, I actually thought uh, of that on my way to the gym on, on Monday of, hmm, maybe I should buy one of those right now because like i said i i really i really i i'd buy the vega coin if it existed because i i i see what you're doing i see the hustle i i appreciate the artistry and 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 i genuinely think that you're you're gonna go you're you're gonna go places um do you think this whole utility for later uh, speculate on it and you'll see if you're right is something that we're getting wrong in this industry as a whole because it's the meta and it has been since like for the past two or three years for nfts i think really that's you know all parts of life i mean that's what that's what gambling is that's what stocks are you know, so I, I wouldn't say that we've gotten it wrong. It just doesn't help that things are so accelerated in the space. And with that acceleration, uh, people don't leave any time for growth or building or patience. You know what I mean? Like if you buy a stock, right, you don't think that stock's going to go up next month. I mean, you're holding stocks for years. And, you know, the company, the, the development of the company over time is what you're speculating on. Um, I would say, it's fair to speculate on some things, but like the rate that it's being done or the expectancy for the time period of growth, we, you know, people need to chill out on that. Um, you see what, what some projects are doing like, uh, Pixelmon, Pixelmon. Mm -hmm. Everybody was like, this is a complete rug. 
this project is done for, you know, it didn't come out the way people expected it to. And now here we are, you know, like half a year later and they have a pretty good looking game. Yeah. And it's just like, yo, that wasn't even that long of time to, you know, for people to be deciding that this was a rug to them having a decent looking, you know, game. And, um, if they would have just been more patient and, uh, understanding and, uh, you know, had a positive mind about where things could go, then I think the brand itself would have been better overall. And that goes for all brands, you know, even artifact itself, like there are things that, that people don't like, but like, you know, give that shit a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Expect everything to moon in like, you know, a month or, or two. It's true. It, it has, I think it also has a lot to do with the fact that a, a big part of Web3 is decentralizing access to investment opportunity that up until, I think someone, I don't know where I got this information from a few days ago, uh, like up until 2016, I don't think IPOs were available for retail investors until, yeah, 2016. And now you can get into a token, a project years before anything uh, potentially happens. Um, you don't know, you don't, you're not getting a ton of, 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 uh, of transparency and with NFTs, it's, it's even more, it's even trickier because you're getting to something that has a narrative that has storytelling that has, that carries emotions with them because there's art, there's people, there's stories being told. And, and so it's really hard as a, as a retail investor who, up until a few years ago, wasn't even allowed at these stages of a project to now being in, invested. There's there's a lot of learning that's going to need to happen in the next few years in order for this to get better. I think. Yeah, I think that's a part of it too. Is you know people people don't realize, and maybe they just don't give it thought, or maybe they they do give it thought and they just don't care. But like everything in sales and everything in a lot of other fields is psychology you know like all the marketing and all that stuff is just a play on how can we get people to react how can we make you know how can this trigger like a response and and somebody's like you know brain to say hey i want this i want to be a part of this i want to do that i think that there are a lot of brands um without realizing that it's like necessarily psychology i think they are uh um, realizing that there is a response that's had and they're, you know, manipulating it and it's not good for everybody. Um, but we got to understand like marketing has been doing this, you know, forever and this is just intensified and like Mm -hmm. very targeted and very, very like, uh, you know, diehard, like super fan type of psychology and marketing. And it's it's ninety five percent of the scams you see. There are they are using this. They they understand better than anyone that this is one hundred percent psychology. They know the reassurance. They know what people need to see in order to to get things done. There was one that made that just blew my mind a few months ago. It was I think it was called Flower Fam, and they just had everything right. The website was super clean. The the it was too clean. Like you you could you could see that the people who had spent so much time on it uh, had just like they they spent all of their resources on it. 
and and they I'm pretty sure they'd been they'd been studying uh, crypto web three communities for for ages, and they had preceded every single ask and everything that people would come in to expect they were delivered and it was just way too perfect for it to be a real <laughs> a real project because if all of your attention goes all of your resources go on to marketing then you're not building anything and it's yeah oh man you you have to be really smart but scammers are the smartest people around. I wish they just dedicate the resources and smart. I know, right? Something else. <laughs> Probably have something very successful if they didn't uh, focus on scamming. I'm sure they would. They would. But um, I, I knew a guy who 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 um, pulled a few rugs, um, and and I, I told him like I don't understand why you're doing this, and I'm a. I'm like you in that I'm I'm a builder at heart. Like I want to build something that is. Uh, substantial that is sustainable that will not just benefit me but that will benefit the people around me and and I fit right in into into decentralization and web3 just like you do and but he mm-hmm. was like yeah but it's it's so much easier to launch something than it is to build something and he's right I mean it's it's easy right but at the end of the day uh, then what you have a bunch of money and you spend it all and then how do you feel? You know, how do you feel inside about it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, people should do things and I do things uh, because it's fulfilling to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's like a, a sense of happiness from within and that's generated by myself that I don't have to rely on or look for like a significant other to make me happy or like, you know, friends or family. I don't have to, you know, drain or, or absorb happiness from them. Um, when you can find something that uh, is both like fulfilling um, and, and makes you happy and then also, you know, builds a legacy, then, you know, when you get past all the stuff and you're old or whatever else, mm. I feel like that's something that you can look back on um, with no regrets about. Because if you just like, if you're just a scammer and you're just scamming and you just do it mm. for money and you have a bunch of fun experiences in a row... When that runs out, it runs out. And then what do you have left after that? You have no sense of accomplishment. You're just like, oh, yeah, it was a good run. Well, I had it, right? I mean, and, yeah. and then what? You know, where's the where's the legacy in that? Yeah. We're all diff- driven by by very different things. How did you, I, I, I want 100% share your perspective on, on life on that, on that regard. How did you, is that something that was passed on to you by your parents, like through socialization? Or, or is it something that you had to learn? like through life to get to this point where now it's you feel strongly about this i think it was a little bit of both you know uh i had pretty good you know parenting um you know they did teach me a lot of you know stuff about respect and about loyalty and about uh you know doing things because they're the right thing to do you know that's that's something i got from my dad a lot um Mm. he you know, necessarily isn't like one of those people that's like, oh yeah, you know, the law is the law, obey the law. And that's what makes you good. It's just like, Hey man, just do it because it feels right. Mm-hmm. And, and not every, not, he's not like a criminal or anything, but I mean, even just like little laws, like, you know, you had to have to, a fishing license to go fishing or you're breaking the law. You get a ticket like, man, fucking go fishing, you know? <laughs> um, but, good but you know, like very, uh, very true to like doing things for, um, you know, 
the right reasons. And the other half of it is, you know, some, some of the things were a little bit stricter than I am that they taught. And there are some things that I, that I don't necessarily agree with, but that came from, uh, one day asking myself, why do I think the things that I think, like, why are my opinions, my own opinions, or are they because they were passed to me? Like, am I able to, am I the type of person that's able to form my own thoughts? And so I did a lot of questioning and, you know, searching with myself to like really decide for myself why I think the things that I do and if they're the right things to be thinking for me. So I think it was a little bit of a combination so of both. Do yeah. you do that? Is that like disintrospective work? Is that something that you do on a consistent basis? Yeah, I, th- I think it's important to keep yourself updated. Um, Worldviews change, the climate of, of things, you know, it changes. Uh, you have to remind yourself, um, especially as you take steps and get more, uh, f- you know, tunnel vision or focused in things that you're doing. Like, you got to remind yourself what it is that you're doing, like why you're doing it. Does it still make sense? Like, is it still uh, like a, a spark of happiness? How is it affecting like the people around you? Um, stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's it, it's amazing. I I really. I, I really respect seeing it in others as well. It's played a, a, a huge role into in my life as well. I, I was very unhappy and, and I, I had to take the um, introspection game to a, to, to a whole other level in order to make it out uh, alive, almost literally. And But this society that we're in kind of pulls our attention in all, all, all different places where we're constantly triggered to put our attention on the outside and man especially in web3 you're you have fomo that's waiting for you at every corner (laughs) you have to you 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 get this sense that you need to be plugged in constantly and so it drains your dopamine and it and it 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 drains your energy as well and like I, i i i don't know if you if you do that i i have a very rigorous meditation practice i I meditate like up to like two or three hours every day and i feel like when i don't do it i just i it's life that drags me wherever it wants and and Mm -hmm. i end up making stupid mistakes and i end up in the places where i i believed i i didn't want to end up anymore and so i i don't understand how people uh do especially web3 without at least like that introspection work yeah, um, I don't like meditate or anything per se, but I think that I just uh, practice like mindfulness and, and awareness of things because even what you were just saying, you know, like uh, receiving all kinds of things from external sources, like if you're mindful and like aware of exactly what we talked about, like it's just uh, psychology mm-hmm. and y- you have to think like, um, people are doing things and they're posting things and like, you know, Instagram pictures and all this stuff for likes and, and stuff like that. And the likes are just a, a form of, you know, instant gratification that, that triggers, you know, brain chemicals and things like that. And it's designed for that purpose yeah. to make you feel like that so that you are addicted to it so that you do come back to it. So if you are able to like have that awareness and realize like that's how it will affect you then I think you're able to take a step back from it and um, not, you know, let it control you or anything like that. 
it's so hard to like think about these things at that scale. It, it is very necessary, but I, I we need to break out of the of the matrix somehow. Did you did you follow <laughs> the whole Andrew Tate thing? Not not too much. You know, I, he was somebody that I never really. Um, you know, I didn't really agree with, with really anything that he was ever saying. So he's just somebody that I didn't pay attention to. You know, I saw that he got arrested and he got in an argument with somebody that was probably half his age, which was just super, super immature. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, I kind of just, you know, stay away from that kind of stuff. And if somebody asked me like, how, how do I feel about it? You know, I'll be honest with them, but otherwise, uh, speaking about that kind of thing is just like polarizing which is what like social media expects from you to you know be polarizing so that there's more engagement and stuff like that and it just causes arguments because people have been so you know polarized and they want to just be political and they want to be correct and not yeah. politically correct they just want to be political and they also you know want to be correct so uh, i just kind of you know yeah i understand that and you're you're like you're an entertainer you you and you're really good at it and you might not want to throw yourself into every political debate that throws itself at you otherwise <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just... true too that's true too but i also yeah you don't want to make that kind of thing your brand because um it will get radical very quickly you know things are very very easy to radicalize uh when they're polarized and Um, it'll get taken to a place that's like completely out of your control. Mm -hmm. And then also um, it alienates, you know, a lot of other people that would want to have supported you, but don't necessarily like need it to go that deep. Um, I don't need to be correct about everything. I don't need everybody else to be correct about everything. Like just fucking, Hmm. make smart choices <laughs> yeah <laughs> let me I mean. let me make my music <laughs> let me do my thing and yeah yeah that makes sense by the way I, i i was mentioning andrew tate i i i had the the same initial reaction to him as as you um and a friend of mine who i really respect uh was sharing his stuff on instagram and i hit him up and said like not you like, what, what are you what are you doing <laughs> And and then it led to it led to a big conversation of like him telling me he's not who you think he is, and I was very skeptical. But I've I've no one's right all the time. Uh, I I believe myself to be a good judge of people, but I, I'm not perfect. And and mm-hmm. you, you algorithms have a way of showing you what certain people want you to see. And, and so you get, yeah, you get kind of, even, even smart people get, um, get, yeah, I, I, I lost my, I lost my words, but, um, yeah, you can get, you can get duped. And so he sent me a few, a a few pieces of content and one of them was a four hour something conversation, uh, interview by Patrick Bitt. Bet David, who I didn't know either before, but who turns out to be a very smart guy, and they're having this conversation, and and like listening to Andrew Tate for more than 10 minutes, you realize, oh, holy shit! Like the internet is actually presenting him in a way that is not actually him. He says things that are so in your face and so provocative, 
But that makes sense in the context of a 10 minute, 15 minute, 20 minute long conversation because you have the whole picture. But people uh, have had the tendency with him to kind of pick apart and take the most provocative and then turn to turn it into a reel or turn it into a, a TikTok video. And, and so he's been, I'm not saying I'm not, I've haven't become an advocate for Andrew Tate yet, but I do think that there's a lot of good stuff that he's saying. And, and I, I was mentioning him because um, of the whole matrix thing where he says it a lot of he, he, what he says is he wants to break people out of the matrix, which I do think is, is necessary. And I do think that web three actually is a way uh, for that, which makes these types of conversations um, all the more important because yeah, you, you seem to have a lot of stuff figured out and it's, it's really cool to see. Uh, I can, I can only hope to try to figure it out. <laughs> nah, you're, you're well on your way already. Where do you get, where, where does that confidence come from? Cause you recover it. Like it's, it's just so, and, and it's really, it's really cool to see. And, and how, how'd you get here? Did you always have it? Yeah, you know, just uh, it it came from being able to, you know, laugh off rejection and realize that rejection is is really just uh, everything is a numbers game. You know, they could say people could say no four hundred times in a row, and then like mm-hmm. that four hundred first time is like what completely changes your life. Um, so it, it just. Yeah, it's, it's everything is a numbers game. Um, being able to find like humor and and everything in, in everyday life, um, it helps because like some people you know take rejection or or shortcomings or failures, and they get really down on themselves, and they let it like get in the way of uh, you know the person that they are or the things that they're trying to accomplish, but. Um, mm if it's just if it's just something that you can laugh at or that's just kind of funny like you're just going to keep going so uh yeah I, I like to say that like one of my good qualities is the confidence to do the things that i do mm-hmm. um everybody's going to have days where they feel less confident than others or like you know more shitty or, or whatever else but uh life is going to go on with or without you so it is you can dwell on it or you can, you can keep going. Yeah. That's phases, right? Yeah. Your song. Phases. Your song on, yeah. Uh, Crystal. Field. Yeah, man. That's, it's real. Yeah. Crystal feel is like really, uh, I would say like an introspective, like album in general. Um, you know, prior to that, I didn't really speak too much on, uh, you know, personal, like you know, mental things or, uh, things of my life or whatever else. It was more of just the typical, uh, you know, yeah. public image of a rapper. You know, I got drip. I'm I'm cool like this, whatever else. But um, getting into artistry and diving deeper into it, uh, you you eventually have to like, again, you have to think like, why am I doing this? Like, what do I feel about what I'm doing? Um, and that's what that's what I like about doing this now is like a digital character is because once mm. you get into that. Once you get into that bucket of like that type of artistry and that type of progression, like that's a path that you have to continue. And it gets, uh, it gets kind of, you know, tough to be that real all the time and not just do things for fun sometimes. And so like as a digital identity, like junior doesn't have to be tied 
to a person's like human experience mm-hmm. because he's just, you know, a robot character. So, um, I can separate, you know, if I want to go back to making music as, you know, Vega Genesis and being, you know, a real human emotional experience. And I can separate it with, with junior and just doing things for the hype and for the fun and just for the hell of it. Mm, that's so cool. Do you, do you like, do, are you developing juniors kind of identity? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's like a backstory and like a little bit of lore and stuff like that I have built out. And that's, I kind of touched on that when I introduced like the Valhalla version and the fact that there will be mm, more versions and cloned versions and like upgraded versions like that very much, you know, does play into the backstory of it. Um, you know, being a robot, robots don't have uh, like a consciousness of their own unless it's just like a very, very, very advanced uh, AI that can like mimic empathy right Mm. so like yeah consciousness in a robot uh, has to come from somewhere which is like the backstory of junior and why this version and this iteration is a rapper that can choose to take bits and pieces from like my personal life as you know myself as vega genesis Mm. um because uh there is like a chip or whatever type of device i choose to like transfer a consciousness of somebody from a previous lifetime into the robot itself so it has a personality um and that's why different versions will do different things because they can't all be uh on the same um consciousness you know there will have to be different different versions of junior represented by different different people from different times that have different you know mentalities and different personalities and stuff yeah. Man, this is so sick. Like the 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 potential is the potential is limitless. Yeah, that's my favorite thing about it. Like I, I thought of that originally because I would like to take it into the development of like an anime or like a cartoon. So I had to think like, you know, storyline, like why, you know, who is this character in the story? Is he still a rapper? You know, if I were to do the anime, he wouldn't be a rapper. It's a completely separate thing. Why or how? You know, so that was the uh, the backstory that I came up with for that. I I fucking love it. Yeah, there's 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 many ways that you could take this. Do you what's the because um, you have Vega Genesis, who's the who's the manager for Junior, and in your if you were to paint like the perfect uh, outcome for you in ten years, where where would you be? What's Vega? Who else is he managing? What types of stories do we see? Do we see Junior in? Uh, what what has he become then? Yeah, I mean, I would like to see uh, the brand of Junior um, just this all-encompassing, like, you know, media giant that does everything. Like, you know, like YouTube and TikTok mm. and, uh, you know, Twitch streaming, the games, music, you know, cartoons, you know, merchandise, all those types of things. And in all those, like, streams and different platforms, it would be nice to employ um, different people who are talented and weren't given like the spotlight in their own like physical sense. Mm. Uh, so, you know, similar to, you know, how I went about things that way, like there are several people benefiting from the image, building the brand together and also like for themselves and for the, you know, the, the profit of themselves. Um, that way, uh, 
you know, it even plays deeper into to the lore and the backstory of it being a clone with uh, different, you know, capabilities based on what, what chips have been inputted. Like, obviously, robots can go through any types of upgrades there. That's why it doesn't matter if somebody on a Twitch stream sounds different than I sound. Mm. Like, voice is all modulation if you're a robot. So, like, it could be somebody that's female. It could be somebody that's male. It could be... Um, you know, an older person, it could be a younger person, but I just would like to seek out talented people that uh, deserve um, the spotlight they aren't given and can help build something um, together that's bigger than themselves. So I hope it's, you know, that in 10 years where it's just this massive thing. And I like to use the example, uh, Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse is 90 years old. Um, Mickey Mouse is in everything, has been in everything, mm-hmm. has been in video games, has been in movies. You know, I would I would love for us to see people um, take digital identities there because that, again, you know, like I talked about, that's like real legacy. Like that's forever. Oh man, I'd never thought of it that far. For me, it was so like simple of, hey, I'm just going to, slap a, an AR mask on my face because it allows me to <laughs> to be anonymous and to not what, what I what I personally love and I think I, I find it in what you're saying as well in, in a different form for me I, my project is a DAO and I would hate for this when it grows huge to be about me I hate mm-hmm. the the whole entrepreneur superstar thing it just it, just, it, it pisses me off because entrepreneurs the CEOs, they're not the only people building these businesses. And so I don't want to be, I think everyone plays an important role and, and I, and I think I play an important role, but I don't think I play the role. And so that's why I love about this is that it's not about me. This is a character. This is online. He lives online. And then when I take it off, I'm me and I have my real life and no one really knows what I'm doing. And I, and I kind of like it like that. And, and this way you have the online character that takes his friends along a journey and, and that does cool stuff. And then he goes back to real life and he can just live. And I, I love that you're, yeah, I love the vision that you have because it, it really, you could actually build a brand that outlives you by 200 years oh yeah i mean it's it's definitely like that's that's something that's the dream i think for all uh creators is to make something that lasts longer than you do mm-hmm. uh there was one of the basketball players i can't i can't remember who said it in a press conference like recently they were asking him you know something about I don't know, some, some negative shit about the mm. game or like, how do you think, how do you think you played or whatever else? Yeah. And obviously like, you know, sometimes if you have a bad game, you don't want to answer those questions anyway. So he was just like, in 200 years, nobody will even know who I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in, in 200 years, yeah. nobody's going to know me, but like mm. junior may very well still be around. You know, it's anything's possible. Yeah. I'm picturing it now. I'm picturing it now. Um, how do you, how do you, you're a businessman. You're a, you're a rapper and you're really good at it, but you're also a businessman and you're also uh, somewhat a, of a tech visionary as well because you're you're utilizing a new technology in a way that no one's thought of before. And so in various aspects of your role right now, you use both parts of your brain that usually don't really uh, work too well together. Like B2, businessy for too long and then and then it gets hard to create art how do you how do you deal with that i think 
like one of my biggest sources of inspiration for my creativity is like coming up with creative solutions and creative solutions is very like business driven at the same time because like, mm-hmm. you know, my thought process generally, uh, like it could be viewed as, as slightly like pessimistic, but when somebody like presents something to me, or if I think of an idea, I, you know, my brain immediately goes through like a, a checklist mm-hmm. of, okay, if I'm doing this, what are all the things that could possibly go wrong so that I would be able to create a way to overcome those things? And it helps me move forward and it helps uh, in that kind of business sense because uh, it comes from a place of logic. You know, those those two things kind of don't get along sometimes, creativity and logic. Mm. But if you use the logic um, to come up with like creative solutions for things, then you're still you're still able to take the rest of what you're doing and align it with, you know, like a successful model or a way that makes sense. Man, that's awesome. And so you're not having any, like at what rate do you, do you create artistic um, content? Uh, every day. Yeah. You're, you're just taking all the, all the excuses I could have had. Cause I, I'm trying to, pick up (laughs) i'm trying to pick up uh i've been writing for a little bit and so i like you know writing that transforms into poems that transforms into slowly some sort of music and then picking up the guitar and trying to do it and then i but it's so hard when you're when you're in the um, in the rush of life and of business and of like managing people and trying to trying to figure out the the future and when you have all of this uncertainty i i find it i find it really hard to uh write creatively or to actually even just play the guitar a little bit but you're mm. it, it just <laughs> it goes back to what do you prioritize and and how much room do you give your excuses it's not only that but we're in a time and an age where we can monetize legitimately every single thing that we do. You know, if, if you take anything that you do throughout your day, any of your hobbies, any of your necessities, even things that you need to do like eating and cooking, people have monetized them, all of them. So you can't really force creativity out of yourself. If you don't feel like writing, like you can't write. There are times Mm. where like I should be writing and I'm just not because I don't feel like it. But what else am I going to do instead? Am I, am I playing video games? Am I uh, just shooting the shit with friends, you know, making up just funny conversations? I can take those things and monetize them behind what I'm doing. You know, like if I'm playing video games, why not do it in a way that can pay me? If I'm already just, you know, fucking around and joking around and, and just wanting to have a laugh with some people, why not take some of those funny things that were said and mm-hmm. save them to be said in a video or just make the video live? It's like a podcast type of thing. Like you can, you can uh, monetize everything that you do. And so when you think about it that way, then like the consistency is kind of built in and it doesn't feel like you have to be doing mm-hmm. a single thing. Like you don't, have to be just like playing guitar and and writing songs like you're also doing these things that you would have already done anyway but now it counts and it's going towards you know the same goal that you had Mm. yeah that makes a lot of sense 
We live in a crazy time. Yeah. Man, this was this was really cool. Um who I like to close that uh close these conversations these ways. Who who are you looking for at the moment? Who are the people that you're trying to talk to or or interested in talking to um that you would like uh for them to reach out to you? Um just people in like major, you know, places that have the connections or could provide the opportunities to give, you know, what I'm doing, like more visibility or like more merit um, because everything is very hype driven. And like, you know, people pay attention to like what's everywhere all the time, like what's popping or whatever else. Um, that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to do is like, you know, gain more credibility, uh, more visibility, work with uh, major brands as partners and things like that. Um, the biggest issue that I'm having is that people see what I'm doing and then they see the potential of where it could go. And instead of wanting to support me doing it, they want it for themselves. They'll be like, mm. wow, this is an incredible thing. This stands to make so much money. There's so much potential behind this. Can you teach me how yeah. to do it? You know, can you tell me how you do it so that I know how I can do it? It's never, it's never really about like, Hey, I see what you're doing and I want to push it forward because I see it and I believe in it. It's like, Hey, I believe in that so much that I want to do it myself. <laughs> so I, I think that's like, that's like my biggest problem that I'm having right now. And I, and I just would like, you know, the people that I need are, are the people that are, you know, willing to do something outside of themselves and have the connections to make it visible and more credible. Yeah. I'm taking this to heart actually. And I'll, I'll keep thinking about what I can do myself at my own scale. Um, and I'll definitely yeah, make that you. clear. Yeah, absolutely, man. You, you deserve it. And yeah, like I said, I've said it like three times already, but I, I love what you're doing and I respect it. And I, and I'll use every opportunity that I have to, uh, to support and push you forward. Um, Thanks, man. Thanks a lot for taking the time for waking up yeah, early. <laughs> and, sure. uh, and yeah, we'll probably talk soon again in the future. For sure. Yeah. Just let me know, you know, whatever you need from me, whatever. Um, I try to respond quickly, but sometimes I, I get a little bit of caught up in the day, but yeah, I'm, I'm usually pretty, pretty responsive. It's all good. Do your thing, man. I, I, I respect it. Right. The Universe. Sings. 